But I want to invite you to pray with me one more time to invite uh, the blessing of the Holy Spirit as we open the Word of God. So if you will, let's bow our heads and pray together. Father in heaven, once again we invite uh, your presence in our midst and now especially to understand your Word. And we pray, Lord, that you bless us in a very special way that your Spirit may be poured upon us and may he guide us into all truth. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to start uh, by sharing an illustration here. Have you ever been in the position that uh, you needed some extra money? Perhaps to get a new car, your car is no longer working the way it should, and you need that extra money so you can you know, buy a new car or perhaps to pay the college of, uh, of your son or your daughter and you need that extra money so they can pay off their bill and they can graduate and they can get their diploma. Uh, have you ever been in that position? You needed some extra money. Let me see your hands if you have. I have. Uh, but sometimes, you know, like one of the solutions would be to look to the newspaper or in the internet if you can find something temporarily uh, where you can make those extra money. And I want to tell the story of a young man that needed some extra money for his college. And when the summer came, he thought, I need a, a good paying job so I can have enough money for next semester. And as he was looking for a new job, and he couldn't find a job that paid enough, he didn't have the qualifications at that point, but he found a job that could pay him enough money. And that was working in a lumber company, cutting wood. He would stay in a lumber camp um, all summer long with uh, some rough people, and, uh, but he knew it was a high-paying job. He was concerned at first because he was a Christian, and he was wondering how he could make that summer in that uh, lumber camp with some rough people saying, you know, all kinds of um, nice words, so to say, you know. So I don't think these people look rough, but for, for uh, you know, I didn't have a better picture to put there. So you can imagine, use your imagination. So he would spend uh, the whole summer with a group of people that would be drinking and smoking when they went to the nearest town, would be to, you know, like uh, enjoy the world, and they would be cursing as they were working. And, uh, but he decided to go. He needed the money. He decided to go. He went there. He worked for the whole summer, and he made a nice check in the end of the summer which could solve his problem to pay his bill for next semester. And when he came back to his friends in school, he told about his summer, and one of his friends asked him, how did you survive in a lumber camping for all summer long? You want to know his answer? He said, I purposed not to tell anyone that I was a Christian. So he wouldn't be the target of jokes and teasing. And that's what he purposed. But friends, let me tell you, in this last days of earth's history, neutrality will not do. God is calling every one of us to take a public stand. And not only in the last days, friends, but the truth is throughout the history, God has called men and women to take a stand for him. And that if we are truly Christians, there is no way we will be able to hide the fact that we are Christians. Would you say amen for that? 
And how do we take a stand for Christ? We are going to explore that uh, this morning, but there are many ways. One of them is making sure you stand on the teachings of Christ found in the Holy Bible. Would you say amen for that? Are we in agreement to that? So let me share with you a passage in the book of Revelation, and I invite you to go there with me to Revelation chapter 1. Let's open up our Bibles there. Revelation chapter 1, and we are going to verse 5, and I want you to see what Jesus has done for each one of us. And I want to highlight a key word there for us, because Jesus will give a symbol of what he has done for us as the sign of our commitment to him. So in Revelation chapter 1, and we are going to read just a portion of this verse, we are going to read verse 5. Okay, so verse 5, the Bible says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who, what is the next word, everyone? Loved us and did what? Washed us from our sins in his own blood. So Christ has washed us of our sins in his own blood. He shed his blood on the cross so he could pay the penalty which each one of us deserved. But yet he gave his life for us. And friends, baptism is a symbol of our commitment, loyalty, and allegiance to Christ, to Jesus Christ. Through a symbol, Jesus shows what he has done for us, which is to wash us from our sins. Would you say amen for that? Amen. Amen. Let me take you to the book of Matthew now in chapter 28. And I'd like to invite you to go there with me to Matthew chapter 28. And we will see that baptism was included in the gospel commission. It was included where, everyone? In the gospel commission. I want you to see that Jesus gave a mission to his church and the baptism was a part of that commission. Notice carefully what we find in verse 19. The Bible says there, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, Go therefore and make what, everyone? Disciples. So you teach the basics first, but it doesn't stop there. You continue to grow afterwards, but you make disciples of all nations. And what is the next word, everyone? baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, how often, until when? Even to the end of the ages. Amen. So that's what the verse says, that's what Jesus told his disciples. Friends, the Gospel Commission is not only for the first century Christians. It's not only for uh, the Christians in the, far, uh, in the first first centuries of Christianity. But Jesus says that the Gospel Commission is all the way to the very end. And that includes also the ceremony of baptism, which is part of the Gospel Commission. Friends, when we are baptized, we declare our allegiance. We take a public stand. We show whose side we are on. And by the way, friends, when we look to the Judeo-Christian religion, it's not uncommon that commitments were sealed with a ceremony. Take, for instance, the marriage commitment, the wedding um, ceremony. It's a commitment between two people that they are in a relationship now they have a commitment they have a covenant they get to know each other 
and now they seal their covenant and they continue to grow in that relationship as, as they go on in life. So it is common, friends, in the Judeo-Christian um, religion to seal our commitments with a ceremony and our commitment with Christ is sealed through baptism. Notice what we find in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5. There is one Lord, one faith, and how many baptisms? One baptism. That's what the Bible says. And yet uh, there are some confusion on the topic of, of baptism. And this morning we're going to look into what the Bible has to say about that. Amen? So notice here uh, some of the practices that you may find out there. Uh, infant baptism through sprinkling. I was baptized through sprinkling when I was a baby. Um, and then we find also pouring water on the baby, also infant baptism. Some people, they use olive oil as a way of baptizing someone. And I have seen even using rose petals as a way of baptism. So this pastor, he wanted to innovate and he baptized the young people of his church with water, but in a different state. So it was under snow when he was questioned, why did you do that? And then he said, well, the Bible says we must be baptized, you know, like underwater. And he just used water in a different state. So there are different approaches to baptism, but this morning we want to know what the Bible has to say. Would you say amen for that? So let's see, let's begin with our example. How was Jesus baptized? And by the way, did Jesus need to be baptized because he needed to repent of his sins? Yes or no? Not at all. We are going to see why Jesus was baptized. But before we get into that, I want to show you in Matthew chapter 3. Let's go there. I invite you to go there with me to the book of Matthew. And we are going to Matthew chapter 3, and we are going to see how was Jesus baptized. And we are going to understand more what the Bible teaches about baptism. By the way, Jesus was baptized. He was already 30 years old. Okay? How old was he, everyone? 30 years old. The first indication is that baptism is a decision that we should make with a knowledge, based on knowledge, based on understanding of what's going on. So he wasn't a baby when he was baptized, but he was already an adult. So that's the first thing we learn about the baptism of Jesus. But I want to take you to verse 13 first, and then we're going to skip to verse 16 and 17. The Bible says here, Then Jesus came from Galilee to who, everyone? John the Baptist at the where? Jordan River to be baptized by him. Just to remember you the story, John the Baptist was baptizing people, calling people to repentance and revival. Okay? And the Bible says in other passages of the Bible that John always went to a place where there was much water. There was much water, everyone? much water and here we see John the Baptist in the river Jordan and now Jesus comes to him to be baptized notice what it says here in verse 16 the Bible says when he had been baptized Jesus came up immediately from where everyone from the water that indicates that when Jesus was baptized he went into the water and now he's coming out of the water it was by immersion it was by what everyone Immersion. He was immersed into the water, and now he comes out of the water. 
And notice what it says, And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And then, verse 17, And he saw the Spirit of God descending. And I want to highlight there that when Jesus was baptized, there was a special baptism of the Holy Spirit taking place. A special spiritual boost and energy for him to face temptation. Notice what it goes on to say in the, in the continuation of the verse. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, friends, saying, This is my, what have you won? Beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Number one, friends, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus to give him supernatural spiritual power to face temptation. Okay? And it is promised for those that make a commitment with Christ in that special day, a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the individual. Now, notice what we find in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the, what have you won? With the Holy Spirit and with power. And that's what we need daily in our lives. But there is a promise there that when we are baptized, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Number two, the Father spoke to him from heaven. What did the Father say? Do you remember? He said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Every time someone makes a decision for Jesus and seal that commitment through baptism, Heaven is saying, this is my son, this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. Would you say amen for that? There is celebration not only uh, on God's church, in God's church, but there is a celebration in heaven as well every time someone seals his or her commitment with Jesus Christ. So notice what we find here. Believers down through the centuries have experienced the joy of making a full commitment to Christ through baptism. I want to remind you of the story of, um, of uh, the, um, the, the, the eunuch man in the book of Acts. Let's turn our Bibles there to the book of Acts in chapter 8. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. Maybe some of you remember what happened over here. This man, he was in love with the Old Testament scriptures. Do you know why he wasn't in love with the New Testament scriptures? Because it, wasn't, it was not written by that time, okay? So he was in love with the Old Testament scriptures. And he was studying uh, the prophecies concerning the Messiah. He was learning about the Word of God. He had, you know, the basic understanding of scriptures. In fact, he was on his way to Jerusalem to worship God in Jerusalem. And as he was reading the book of Isaiah in chapter 53, by the way, he was reading about the ministry of the Messiah, the sacrifice of the Messiah. But he couldn't understand the fulfillment of that prophecy. And the Holy Spirit brought a deacon. It was uh, Philip. And by the way, the work of deacons is not only to change lights. And by the way, have you seen the new lights on the side? Would you say amen for that? Praise God. Thank you very much for your hard work. But deacons also give Bible studies. Amen? So you have Philip coming to this man brought by the Holy Spirit. And I want to pick up the story in verse 36. Let's go there with me. Acts chapter 8 and verse 36. The Bible says, Now as they went down the road, he explained uh, you know, what it meant, that prophecy. He didn't understand present truth, the coming of the Messiah, the sacrifice of the Messiah, the resurrection of the Messiah. And now that he understands what happened here, now as they went down the road, they came to some, what is the next word, everyone? 
water. And then the Bible says, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And notice what it says in the next verse. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is what, everyone? The Son of God. He understood the peace that was missing here. Okay, he understood after understanding, having a general understanding of the Old Testament scriptures, now he understood present truth for his time, that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, the Messiah. And he was baptized. Notice in the next verse. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and uh, the eunuch went where? Down into the water and he baptized him. How many went into the water? Two. So why didn't Philip just got a little bit of water? Why bother to get wet? And why didn't he just get a little bit of water and sprinkle water on the head of this man? Because he was following the biblical example of baptism through immersion and not through sprinkling or pouring water or, or olive oil or anything like that. Now the Bible says here, now when they came up out of the water, everyone, out of the water, Let's start right here and just review what took place here in this story. We are going to learn a few truths about baptism. The Ethiopian, or the eunuch, accepted Christ as his personal savior. His baptism indicated he was taking a public stand. The Ethiopian and Philip went into the water. In other words, he was fully immersed following the example of Jesus. Okay, so what is the meaning of the word baptism? Okay, so the Greek word batizo means to deep, to immerse, and to plunge underwater. In fact, uh, back in those days, when uh, someone wanted to change the color of a piece of cloth, of a fabric, they would get water, and they would color the water, and they would baptize that fabric into the water, meaning that they would plunge the fabric into the water. Okay, that was the word that was used, and that's the word used for the baptism ceremony. Ancient churches revealed the method of baptism used in the first and the second century, century actually uh, all the way to the, 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 the 14th century, as we're going to see in a little bit. Here is an ancient church close to the city of Ephesus, and you see there a pool, a baptism pool, that would allow full um, submersion into the water. Let me show you another picture here. First century church in Philippi, you see the same there. You see in the Cappadocia church in Turkey, you see the mountains there. Inside one of those mountains, you have a church there, which was built... Uh, to prevent um, the enemies of the faith to find the Christians and the fellow believers, they would worship inside those mountains. And guess what they found inside there? You want to take a, a step inside that church for a moment? Notice what we find there. We find uh, a baptism tank um, carved in the rocks there, in the stone there, and uh, deep enough for immersion, okay, for baptism through immersion. I want to share this with you. It was not until the Council of Ravenna in A.D. 1311. Are you situated in history now? 
1311 that sprinkling and pouring were officially accepted as equally valid as immersion and in the rite of baptism. So is it from the word of God, sprinkling? Not at all, friends. It is through immersion, but it was changed way after um, the start of the apostolic church. But what is the meaning of baptism? Let's explore that in scriptures for a moment. And I want to invite you to go with me to the book of Romans in chapter 6. And let's understand more why Jesus was so specific about baptism. And, uh, and he himself was baptized through immersion. And uh, he expects his disciples to do the same. John the Baptist was baptizing people through immersion. We find uh, Philip baptizing uh, the Ethiopian man through immersion. I want you to see in Romans chapter 6 the meaning of this ceremony. We're going to start in verse, verse 3. So the Bible says here, verse 3, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And then he goes on to say, and I highlighted three words there for you, and then an extra sentence. Notice what it says. Therefore we were, what is the next word, everyone? Buried with him through baptism into his, what is the next word? Death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in what kind of life? In newness of life. Friends, we find that baptism, the ceremony of baptism, is connected with the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. Would you say amen for that? And, uh, and as we go through this ceremony, friends, we experience the same now in our personal life. We are dying to our own self. We are dying to the world. And we are being buried just like Christ was buried. And when we come out of the water, this is a symbol of resurrection in Christ, a new person. Baptism is dying to the old sinful way of life. Would you say amen for that? Notice, as we are coming down, that's a representation of death of self. Baptism is also burying our sins in the watery graves. So when we go under the water, it's a symbol that we are buried. But when we rise again, rising, baptism is a symbol of resurrection to a new life, friends. So we can walk in new Life. It doesn't mean that we are perfect, as you can see here in this slide. Baptism doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you are what, everyone? You are committed. So you are sealing your commitment with Christ. There is a lot of room for growth there because baptism is not the end of the Christian life. It is the what, everyone? It is the beginning. It is the beginning. And we, as a body of believers, we provide support and membership for those who are uh, making their commitment to Christ. What happens when we are baptized, friends? I want to take you to the book of Acts for a moment. Let's go there to the book of Acts and now chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And uh, we are going to see that uh, a few things happen when we make a commitment to be baptized and we experience baptism. So let's begin in verse 38, okay? So we are in Acts chapter 2, and we are beginning verse 38, and then 39. The Bible says here, Then Peter said to them, what is the next word? Repent, and let every one of you be 
baptized. And I want to, you know, just highlight that word repent there for a moment. And by the way, there's nothing strange about that when Peter was preaching this message to a multitude of people that didn't know present truth, didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah. Um, John the Baptist also preached the same. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus preached that message. And then John the Baptist baptized people. The disciples of Jesus baptized people. Jesus himself never baptized. He gave that commission to his disciples, to his apostles. Um, but uh, we are baptized after experiencing repentance. I want you to repeat that word repentance with me. After we experience what, if you want? Repentance. This is important for us to understand because we are going to talk about rebaptism for a moment later um, in our message. But for now, I want you to remember from this verse that uh, Peter said these words. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for, the, for, for what purpose? For the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of sins. And you shall receive what if you want? The gift of the Holy Spirit, as we have already talked about, when God calls you to baptism and you are cleansed, he promises you the gift of the Spirit to empower your life. That's number one. That's what happens here, a special point of the Holy Spirit. But notice what it says next. For the promise is to you and your children and to how many people? To all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will, will call. Friends, the promise that we can experience repentance, the remission of sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and also experience the Holy Spirit is a promise to everyone. Is a promise to everyone who will hear the invitation. And that is a promise for you, friends, as you listen to this message this morning. Um, and then some people may say, but what about you know, people that have not had the opportunity to be baptized, but they accepted Jesus. And we have a classical example in the Bible, the thief, the thief on the cross. Was he baptized, yes or no? No, he wasn't, okay? He didn't have the opportunity. If he had had the opportunity, do you think he would have been baptized? What do you think? Most likely. He, if he had the chance, he would take a stand for Christ publicly. In fact, he did take a stand for Christ publicly. But friends, remember I said to you that Jesus was never baptized because of his own sins, because he needed repentance. Jesus got baptized that he could make up for those that didn't have an opportunity. So that the righteousness of Christ... In living a righteous life, a life that is an example for us, would cover up for what we have not experienced for lack of opportunity. Does that make sense to you? So Jesus was baptized, and his baptism makes up for a person like the thief on the cross. So here we have what happens when we are baptized. Every sin is forgiven. The Spirit is given to us, and we are adopted into God's what if you want? Family. Notice with me, if you are there in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 41, what happened after their, their baptism? 3,000 people were baptized. Notice, the Bible says, And those gladly receive his word were, what everyone? Baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. The word them there is talking about the apostolic church. Let's continue the reading. Notice in verse 42, and they continued, see, you see they are growing in their uh, discipleship experience, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Verse 47, 
Jump with me to verse 47. And the Lord added to where, if you want? To the church daily those who were being saved. Friends, we are baptized and we are received into the body of Christ, the church of Christ. Amen for that? So what steps should a person take before being baptized? So let's talk about that. As we already saw, we should experience repentance. What is repentance, friends? It's a genuine sorrow for sin, that we turn away for sin. Of course, with the help of the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit draws us with the love of God and through the teachings of God's Word. We believe an acceptance of Jesus as both Savior and Lord, okay? And of course, friends, an acceptance of Jesus and believing Jesus is not only that Jesus is an actual person. When we believe in someone, we believe in what they say and what they teach, the teachings of Jesus. In fact, that Jesus is the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Holy Scriptures is embodied in the life of Christ. So notice here what we find uh, in step number three. Instruction in the essentials of biblical faith. There is time for growth and uh, we are going to be learning throughout eternity by God's grace. Okay? But uh, the individual needs to understand what kind of commitment. It's just like marriage, friends. I don't advise anybody to marry someone without knowing that person, the essentials of that person. But uh, if you're following a logical procedure, you would meet someone, you'd get to know that person, and then when you realize there is enough um, you know, in common there, you take the step of making a commitment. Does that mean you know that person uh, fully? Of course not. You're going to continue to grow into that relationship and learn about that person. So it is with Christ, okay? The difference is with Christ, there has never disappointment would you say amen for that sometimes in marriage there can be but not with christ amen so notice <laughs> so notice here is there any instance for rebaptism in the bible oh yes there is i want to invite you to go with me to acts chapter 19 now let's turn our bibles there to the book of acts in chapter 19 and we're going to see that uh, there, there, there is uh, room for rebaptism and um, in different situations, and we're going to see one of them. And the first one, the key word is the word repent, as we already discussed a little bit, and I will go back to that word. But I want to show you a story that took place here of some of John's disciples. Okay, the disciples of John the Baptist. They were baptized as they heard the message. But they went astray from, from Christ, okay? Notice here what happened. In chapter 19, let's pick up the story in verse 2. The Bible says, He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So they were missing here an essential present truth because God promised the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to the apostolic church and these people never heard about that so they are learning new truths okay that are essential they are present truth okay so let's go on here it says and he said to them into what then were you baptized so they said into john's baptism is there anything wrong with john's baptism yes or no 
Not at all. There's nothing wrong. But they were missing, you know, like uh, an essential truth, and they have departed from the one that John the Baptist was pointing. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is who, everyone? Christ Jesus. So these people, they departed from the one that John the Baptist was pointing to. Are, are we together? Besides not understanding about uh, the Holy Spirit, they also went astray in their experience and they rejected the one that John the Baptist was pointing to. Can that happen with a Christian as well? He or she was baptized and later on they depart from the faith. Yes or no? They break the commitment. Yes or no? It is possible. Okay? We are not talking about occasional sins. Uh, when in our process of growing Christ we fail and we fall into sin, we're not talking about those things. We're, we're talking about breaking the commitment. Breaking what, everyone? The commitment. When you walk away from Christ. That's what we're talking about here. Okay, so notice what happened here. When they heard this, they were what, everyone? Baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that's, that's one example of rebaptism that we find in the Bible. And friends, perhaps there are people here as I speak this morning that was baptized through immersion but have walked away from Christ, okay? Have broke their relationship. Friends, when we experience repentance from the first time, from the world and from our sins, and we turn to Christ and we make a commitment with Christ, do we need to be baptized, yes or no, for the first time? Okay, I'm not sure if I have all of you, but uh, when we repent for the first time, we need to see our commitment with Christ through baptism. Now, let's say that uh, that relationship that commitment is broken and now you go into the world you go into your old habits and you're just living your life but all of a sudden you experience repentance you experience what everyone repentance you experience repentance again do you need now in order to be saved friends before i go to the next step in order to be saved that individual does he or she need to experience repentance yes or no yes the relationship was broken. The commitment was broken. The person walked away from Christ. Okay, so in order for that individual to be saved, the individual needs to, to experience repentance. The Bible doesn't teach once saved, always saved. It's not there. You just can't find. Okay, so if the individual needs to experience repentance again, does the individual need to experience rebaptism? Just follow the logic, friends. He was baptized the first time because he experienced repentance and he wanted to commit his life to Christ. Now he walked away. He needs to experience repentance and if he wants to recommit his life to Christ, he needs to be rebaptized. So here we have an individual may desire to be rebaptized if they once were baptized and departed from Christ, but now, uh, but now long to return. And number two, they are committed Christians, never departed who have discovered the truth of God's word or present truth and desire to be part of his commandment-keeping people. Uh, the Adventist Church, just for, for um, your information, we accept the baptism through immersion from other denominations, okay? Um, thank you for that, amen. However, we recommend, what was the word I used? We recommend if the individual discovers 
present truth, a truth that is important that he didn't know before or she didn't know before, we recommend the individual to be rebaptized. But of course, that's between the individual and God, but definitely the ones that have walked away from Christ and the ones that have never been baptized through immersion, we recommend to be, we actually entreat, according to God's word, to be baptized through immersion. Notice how important is baptism, friends? Jesus says, he who believes and is, what everyone? Baptized will be, will be saved. Is that important, yes or no? This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.